0: people? How are you? Oh, you don't think you're beautiful people. We're all beautiful in the Lord, aren't we? Yeah, okay. You're pretty optimistic. I'm not going to bang into it there, but that's okay. <laughs> all right, it is great to be here and good to see you all again. All right, some of you seem to be new faces. That's a good thing, but there's some new faces since I was here last time. It's been, um, I think, almost two months, isn't it? It's been a while since I was here. And I think it's the last time I'm here this year, so I better make the best of it. If you want, if I expect you to invite me back again. All right, let's start off in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just still our hearts before you now. God, we come to hear you speak. I'm the vessel. I'm the clay pot. <coughs> that you're going to take and use in this place today. But we want more than a clay pot. We want to see your power, your presence, your knowledge, your anointing, your miracles. We want to see all of you in this place, Lord God. For those people who may not yet know you in a personal relationship, we're thanking you in anticipation, God, that today they will have the opportunity to meet with you. And to learn that you are real and that you care about them and you love, for, love them. And Father, for those of us who do have a relationship with you, we want it deepened, we want it more intimate. So Spirit of God, come and have your way in this place. Have your way in me. I surrender everything to you now. And I say, Lord, you are welcome here. In Jesus' name I pray. And Everyone said. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Alright, I'm going to start off with a testimony. And I hope I'm not too long with it, because it's a very good testimony. And it's got lots of bits to it. Um, As you can see, I'm talking about power in clay pots today. And unlike most times, I only have three overheads. So there's one message God's given us. Power in clay pots. Alright? In my earlier days of going overseas on missions trip. Um, Inspired by the Holy Spirit, I was um, asked by the Lord to apply for a missions trip to work with kids in the camps in Russia. Russia. Now there are a variety of roles that were available and I decided that I was best equipped to be the cook because I like Cooking, and I'm pretty good at feeding large crowds of people. So I applied, they asked for our um, resumes, you know, what it was our Christian background. And when my application came back, they had refused me as a cook, but they had put me on as a team leader. Now, at that time, I had just stepped into the role of pastor of children's ministries. I knew nothing about <coughs> the children's ministries. I did not know how to minister to kids officially, all right? And so I was never going to say I'm going to minister to children, I'll be the cook. But I got told I was the head of the team. So I talked to the Lord about this and I said, if you think, you know, you've asked me to put up my hand for this, but you didn't tell me I had to go as a minister or even lead a team. Lord, you better look after me. You better show me what I need to do. So I gathered six other people from my church um, around me, one of whom was a Russian girl who wanted to go back to Russia. And that was an advantage for us because she taught us about the Russian culture and she taught us how to speak words, some words in Russian. We met for the for three months. We went every single week for two hours at a time. And in between times, we prayed and we fasted. I asked the Lord, what do you want us to do? Because I had no idea what this ministry in Russia was about, except that they were taking teams in.
1: And he gave me a
0: 14-day children's training program, starting in creation and ending up in uh, Jesus Comes Back Again. And every day it was detailed. There was three hours of activities involved in it, teaching activities that linked in with whatever the theme was. And it was very detailed. So we all took parts of it and we developed the materials and... We took two suitcases each that were this big, and we had this amount of clothes, and the rest was full of resources. Paper, pens, uh, stickers, cardboard, any, anything you could think of. Balls, Bibles, Russian Bibles. We've got the Rus- children's Russian Bibles. We filled this up, and off we go to the, the seven of us. Now, when we got to somewhere, I think it was... Singapore or Kuala Lumpur somewhere. Two people from New Zealand joined us, two young people. And when we got into Russia, um, three interpreters joined my team and I was one of third. We had 37 teams over there, all in different camps. When communism failed and communism no longer ruled in Russia, they had all these children in all these camps and holidays where normally they would be taught how to be a communist and now there was nothing for them to do in these camps. And a Russian church, no, a Finland pastor in Finland, saw the need and started sending in teams of puppets, and that's how this ministry came about. And so we end up in this camp, uh, 20 minutes by road north of St. Petersburg. And so, following what God gave us, the first day we went into the classroom, I had a group of 25 boys aged 7 and 8 years, and there was the camp teacher, the teacher of those kids, or the, head, the, the family who were looking after them, which was a man who was a teacher, his wife and his teenage daughter, and I had one interpreter. I went into this classroom, I started off with lesson one that God gave me on creation, We went out and we stripped the countryside looking for things God had created and stuck them onto posters. Some of them were still wriggling, I might add. We stuck them onto these posters and then I said, now this is how great our God is. He's created all of this for us to enjoy. Who wants to receive Jesus Christ? Seven and eight-year-old kids. Now, I'm working through an interpreter. I don't understand Russian. They don't understand English. Every kid in the room by one put up his hand. And I looked at the interpreter and said, no, 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 we've got this wrong. You and I have a miscommunication. Because, you know, we don't. No. Let's do it again. So I did the salvation call message again. Everyone, including the child who didn't put his hand up the first time, put up their hands. And the camp, the group leader, and his wife and his teenage daughter. And I thought, oh my goodness. I think I'm going to pray for them. So we started praying for them individually. I had the interpreter beside me. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with this interpreter? Because I'm telling her what to say and she's not saying it. I look at her. She is weeping her eyes out because she too has been touched by the Holy Spirit. Everyone in that room was saved. First day out doing what God told us to do. Not knowing what to do not knowing what to expect and feeling totally incapable and wanting to be the church. The camp cook. A clay pot filled with the power of God. Do you know that by the time we left there, 24 days later, everyone in the camp, all 150 of the kids plus the workers and carers, except for the doctor and the nurse, And including the camp director, who was an elderly gentleman who had been doing the communist bit for 70 years probably. "Well, He's probably around 70. All of them had given their heart to the Lord and some of them had been baptized. When the Finnish guy came to the camp, pastor, to see how we were going, I told him that everyone had been saved. He said, I beg your pardon, say that again. In all the time they've been going there, they've been taking these teams in for over four years, they had three people who were saved previously across all the camps. He then went on to tell me that the people who are in another camp about 15 minutes away from us had used the name of Jesus and all three of them were now in a Russian jail. This is on one of our other teams. All right? Now, how come me He said there's no proselytising and there's no baptising. In in Russia, you can't do that. We proselytized according to the program Gave gave us, and we baptized those who saw the word, the truth of the word, and said, What's this water baptism? Why can't we have it? And never once was there any suggestion of anyone checking up on us or wanting to put us in jail. That's God, isn't it? Clay pots. All right. Um, In Church Unlimited, we are expecting that all 10,000 residents of Tuvalu, Tuvalu will be saved, yes? Mm-hmm. All right, so all those people in the camp got saved. In Tuvalu, we're expecting all 10,000 will get saved. So can you or will you believe the same for Kai Now, we can nod our heads and say, yes, we can believe that. But, you know, do you really? All the residents of Kaitaia and its surrounding districts be saved? Can you believe that this will happen? I believe that's God's challenge today that God's bringing us. He's saying, You're just clay pots ordinary old, cracked, maybe leaking clay pots. But with the power of God inside you, all of Kaitaia and surrounding districts can be saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord. We need to see Kytia the way that God sees Ketire. Based on recent prophetic words from the Lord and the increased momentum that we've seen across all of Church Unlimited over the past eight months, we already know what God's plans are for Kytia. Alright? Now, if we get prophetic words, we're expected to listen to the word, to take the word, and to pray and to be to believe that it's going to happen. So, what are the recent prophetic words that we've had in Church Unlimited. <coughs> prophet has said Church Unlimited has a God-given mandate to reach all of New Zealand and beyond. That includes Kaitaya and the far North. Amen? The Prophet says Church Unlimited carries a nation-shaking anointing. Because of this nation-shaking anointing, there will be one, Acceleration of growth and expansion everywhere, which includes the far north. A new era of conquest as God releases the spirit of conquest. Where is there a releasing of the spirit of conquest? Here, in the far north. Momentum that never ends, a momentum that continues to build and expand, and fourthly, um, this nation-shaking anointing that Church Unlimited um, carries is an anointing for creative, unusual miracles in people's lives. That's what the prophet has said. David Peters, who's coming here next week, prophet David Peters, he said recently New Zealand and Beyond Conference 2017 will be an upper room experience that has an upper room effects. In New Zealand and beyond, including the far north, Kaita'a, and surrounding districts. Amen? It'll be the epicenter of a spiritual awakening that will send shockwaves of the spirit across New Zealand and the nations, including the far north. You're getting the message here, guys? We need to hold on to this. This word is for us. Um, We need to be there at that conference to experience the spiritual awakening so that we can take it back into our communities. If for no other reason, that's a good reason to go to New Zealand and beyond 2017 (coughs) next March. The fourth thing that um, Prophet David Peters said was, in Church Unlimited, in its campuses, West City, Kaikai, Whangarei, Rotorua, Uh, Talaloon campuses, it is a time of stepping out from being spectators to becoming participators. Alright, let me read that again. In this campus, it's a time of stepping out from being a spectator to becoming a participator. These are the words of the Lord to Kaitaia. recent words of the Lord. The question is, can you believe them? Will you receive it? Will you pray it into being? Will you be a part of that spiritual awakening? And will you walk out and walk into being these prophecies that have been spoken over the far north? God has spoken. We must believe him. We need to step into the future in and with Jesus Christ because that's what he's expecting us to do. We may feel unequipped, unprepared, (coughs) even unable to do this, just as I did when I went to Russia. But the truth is and it has very little to do with you and me. It's all about him. He's looking for some clay pots that will just do what he asks him to do. He's the power. He's the word. He's the ability. Yeah? Alright? Clay pots. It's the power of the gospel to work within us uh, it is the power of the gospel that work in us and outworked through us by God as we hear the call to receive the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to us from on high and to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Where is your Jerusalem? Where is your Jerusalem? Right here. Right here. Right here. I will know it. Curry, Curry Peninsula. All right? All, okay. yeah, all those places, all right? Wherever you are and beyond. Uh, that's our job, is to receive and to let Him outwork what He wants to do through us. It's Jesus Christ who changes our weaknesses into strengths. It's Him in us. It's His power outworked through us that makes all things possible and nothing too difficult. It's the power of Christ in us that changes what is unseen but sought after into reality in our lives, in our cities, in our country and in the nations of the world. All he asks of us is that we use whatever he has placed in our hands. I offered him my cooking skills. He took my uh, child's ministry anointing or mantle. Okay? But at least I offered him something. You know, be careful as you put out your hand because he'll take whatever you offer and everything else he knows that you have and use it. Praise the Lord. So, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand that you could use in fulfilling God's call to mission? At the very least, each of us has the message of the gospel because we are the message. We're the living letters from Christ that um, everyone is able to read. Wherever you go, because you're so different, because you're full of light, because you glow in the darkness, because your light of Christ it stands out in the midst of the darkness and the gloom of this world, of this uh, nation, of this city. All right, you stand out, and that's Christ in you. You're living letters that people look at and they read. When you extend the hand of friendship, when you do something that's caring or loving, when you bless somebody, when you offer to pray for somebody, when you even pray for them without them knowing about it, all right? It's the gospel in you. It's Christ in you at work. So you already have everything you need inside you, ready and available for Christ to use. The only issue here is, are you willing to say, here I am, take me, use me, send me, because it's all there. Paul says, the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. I am not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone. We are the living gospel. We're the story of Christ. And when people look at us, they see the gospel. You might not have thought it that way, but they see the gospel because you're carrying the message of Christ. Christ in you is revealed. So what is this gospel story? that you carry in you, that has the power to save all of kaitā, all of the North. Saved through Jesus Christ, believing it was Christ, the one and only beloved uh, Son of God, who came to earth to show us the Father, came to earth to (coughs) ransom his own life and to die on our behalf for the forgiveness of our sins. Um, Jesus Christ, who rose again from death three days later, Thereby proclaiming salvation and new life for eternity for every person who believes in them. That is the gospel. And that's what you represent. That's what you carry inside you. The story is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes it. But first, they have to hear it. First, they have to see it. First, they have to taste it or experience it. And they can only do that through you, with you. Now, what's the scripture that comes from Revelation which says that by the blood of Jesus Christ and through the power of your testimony? All right? So you've got this testimony living within you. You are the testimony. As people look at you, they can see the gospel, they can read the gospel. And then as you give testimony of your new life, your changed life, of what God did for you this morning, did for you yesterday. It doesn't have to be something dramatic. It doesn't, you don't have to be able to say, you know, I was knocked over by a car and paralyzed, and Jesus Christ touched me and look, here I walk again. It can be something quite simple. I woke up this morning and I had a swollen eye and I just lifted my hands and asked God to bless me and to heal me. And look at my eye you now. Perfectly <coughs> good. Simple little things. You know, I had this quandary. I had these three things I had to do. And I didn't know which one to do. And so I asked God. And he made it clear to me. And thus I am here on time for this meeting. Simple little things. But that's what we have inside of us. Um, this story has the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes in it. But first they have to hear it, and that's where we come in. As we model the story through our lifestyle, through our expressions of love and care and concern, and as we unashamedly, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. As we um, unashamedly share why we are, what we are, People get saved, not because you did it, but because of the power of God that's in the story that you have to share, which is the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ in you. Is that good news? Is that easy news? Yeah, is that something you think all of us, if we thought about it, we could just be who we are in Christ Jesus? Now, of course, the the issue here is that if you say you're a follower of Christ, you're a disciple of Christ, that you have Christ in you and he works through you, then that needs to be true. You know, you can't one day say, Jesus, I believe in you, receive me, and then go off and live your same old life. Part of having Christ in you is that you are renewed in your mind. You are renewed in your total being. That you are changed from glory to glory into his image. And that comes through discipleship. It comes through you know coming to church, going to um, uh, midweek, Bible study, home group, fellowship. Um, Uh, group meetings, it comes through a whole variety of activities, reading the Bible and praying, are important elements of that. In other words, you have to grow as he um, trains you to grow and as he prepares you to grow, but providing you continue to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you continue to love him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your being, provided you're in good Um, right relationship with him, then it's just inevitable that you're going to be a walking, talking, looking like gospel good news of Jesus Christ. Your part is just to continue in relationship with God and to grow, which you're doing anyway, aren't you? That's why you're here. Alright, right. um, uh, (laughs) Over the, over the years, I've gone on many missions trips to the Philippines. I used to go every two years until I came to New Zealand in 2010. And we would go, and we would go into places where nobody else went. We would go to islands and to seaside resorts where there was great poverty. And uh, such great poverty that they would be wearing t-shirts and only the seams would be on the t-shirts, there'd be very little cloth in between. They'd be wearing sandals that had the rubber vets hooked in, and no sole on them, just the edges around them. Real poverty, I'm telling you, these people were really, really poor. We'd go to, um, on street corners, marketplaces, in the slums, we'd climb uh, mountains and go to tribal people, where there were ras- rascals, rascals, as they called them, or gangs. Um, and went around with machetes looking for people to chop heads off or cut fingers off or whatever. All right, really quite nasty people. And as we went, we would fast and pray and we'd wait upon the Lord and he'd put something in our hands and we would go there, not knowing where we were going, not knowing what we would see. And we would just have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Clay pots totally dependent upon God. Clay pots in the hands of the Master. And he would meld us into what he needed for that moment at that time. We would show the Jesus film. We'd stop at chapter 8 because it was the Jesus film is the book of Luke literally enacted in this film. Very good if you've never seen the Jesus film. And we'd stop at chapter 8 at a healing on the first night. And people would see the miracle of the healing and would say, if you want to be healed, come forward. And people would come, to, we'd stand there and there'd be lines so far you couldn't see to the end of them. And the first person would come, I'm a nurse. The first person come, have this aneurysm that's going like this in the side of the neck. I'm thinking, I'm saying, get him to hospital now, he's going to die. And they look at me, no hospital, no money, just got it. And so in that moment, you have to make up your mind. It's either death or God. i got to make a choice. And so you put your hand on them and you pray and as you pray you see the aneurysm go down. Old men with severe strokes who would come forward, be carried forward and you'd say, how not you get any rehabilitation or any help? No money, no doctor, no one, just God. And so you pray and as you pray you'd see on the first night the legs straighten out and start to walk. He'd come back walking on that leg the second night, stop the film at chapter 16 and another miracle, do the same thing this time when had twice the number of people there because the word had got out, the gospel message was moving amongst the people. Come back and pray for the man with had the leg that was better and see his arm move and his fingers open up. And then he'd come back on the third night when we finished at the resurrection, the, the crucifixion resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he'd come back and he'd say, look what Jesus has done. I can walk and I can move my hand, but he could barely, very little talk. And we'd pray and we'd see total healing in this elderly gentleman, plus salvation, which was the greatest miracle and healing of all. And that would happen time after time after time after time. And it had nothing to do with me and the other people on my team. We were just clay pots being used by God because we didn't know how to handle those situations. And I'd go back year after year after year, and every year it would be different. All right? But it happens right here. On Tuesday, a friend of mine was at a GLOW meeting. All right? And some women came and they offered to pray, and they prayed specifically for healing of back problems. She came forward, she felt the power of God touch her. She um, was overwhelmed by the seat. Now, this is a lady who's been on the mission field, for already been on the mission field for 40 years. Out in missions, overseas. Mm-hmm. And she's a lady who knows God, but she's had this back problem all that time and not been able to get rid of it. And some person who she doesn't even know the name of, who was part of a ministry team and a glow, says, lays hands on her just prays for her to be healed and all of this pain disappears and she can visibly feel herself um, lengthening. They then sit her in a chair and she sees she has one leg shorter than the other. So they command the legs to come back into alignment. They come back into alignment and since Tuesday she has been totally pain free and her measurement is like one and a half centimetres longer than it was before. Right. Now that's Carol, she rang me yesterday and told so it happens here, right here, right now. I've given you stories from a long way, you see a miracle of a whole camp being saved, just like all of Tuvalu is going to be saved, and all of the like, North is going to be saved. Amen? Amen? And I've given you stories about amazing <coughs> miracles and healings that happen without us having any knowledge or ability. You know, all we can do is trust in God, just play God's. Trusting in the Lord. And then I'll give you a story about somebody this week. It's the same yesterday. God was the same. Jesus Christ. Same yesterday, today, but he never changes. All right? Um, we had this treasure in clay pots to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You know, we need, people need to see us in our humanity. They need to see our ordinariness. In order for them to recognise that when something extraordinary happens, it can't possibly be us, it must be God. So that's why God takes ordinary people like you and me. People who don't feel equipped, who don't feel able, who feel unprepared. He likes us like that. If I could have the musicians worship team up, please. As well as seeing Christ-likeness in us, people need to see us in our uh, our humanity. They need to see that apart from Jesus Christ, we can do no miraculously. They need to know that it's because of Christ in us that they get healed, that they can be set free from strongholds, that they can be saved, that they can have hope. Isaiah writes and Uh, writes in chapter 64 verse 8, yet O Lord you are our father, we are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hands. Jeremiah says, the quoting God says, like clay in the hands of a potter are you in my hand. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in the months of this very day you can come up here and I and other members of this ministry team who have heard this word can just lay hands on you and pray. And you will believe. And you will receive. And you will know your weakness, but you will know that it's the grace of God that's sufficient for you. You will know that in your weakness, that's when your strength shows the best. And you'll get an understanding of that, a revelation of that. And you will walk out of this place with great boldness great authority, knowing that you can do nothing, but you have this gospel message, just all surpassing power, this capacity to do um, what in Christ Jesus you're meant to do. It's only as we walk out in that and do that, that Kintyre and the surrounding districts are going to be saved. It's the only way it's going to happen. God has no one else except us. Where his pots of clay. Now I'm putting a request out to you. I'm saying, if you believe that this is the truth, will you come and receive an anointing? We will lay hands on you. We will Release the anointing power of Jesus Christ. And you will believe that it's possible. You'll believe it's possible through you. Ordinary clay pots. Able to be taken by the Lord like this piece of clay. Obviously I had more to this sermon than I've shared. But this piece of clay, that's you and me. Until God gets hold of it. And what he wants is for us, are you ready? To throw him into our God, to throw him the piece of clay so that he can work it. So he can work it. And you know, as he works it, as he puts it in the furnace, oh it's so hot in that furnace, as he slaps all that cold stuff on us, on it that is wet and cold, stop it, stop it, we say, and he says, not yet, not yet, but one day, and even now, many of you are like this. That's how God sees you, because you've got the gospel message inside you. He's all surpassing power in you. He sees you as beautiful vessels, each made differently, each with different purposes, but each of you equally able to be used by him, and that's because you're like this claim. You say, here I am. I can do nothing but come mold me take me use me speak through me touch other people's lives through me All Right? if that's you and you want to be that sort of a vessel for the lord then i invite you now to come up and we'll pray for you today is the anointing day today is the day that gods put that message in your midst so come up and receive your prayer this day your blessing would you come